Hello, RP people. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Roleplaying as Smart People, the podcast where we pretend to know what we're talking about when it comes to all things tabletop. My name is Santa, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, joining me today, I actually have Sev. Hello, Sev. Hello. How are you? Uh, oh, I'm doing fantastic. Now, this episode's going to be a little bit of a different one than we've had in the past. Uh, it's also going to be very interesting, and I'm really excited to see how this evolves because it's it's a perspective that I can't say I've had in a very, very long time. Um, <laughs> but I'll get more on that in a second. I also want to let you guys know that uh, I do know that our uh, post, like our recording sessions now and all that stuff, it is a little bit more delayed. It is the summertime. Uh, we're all kind of crazy busy, and Scott is now uh gone fully we did have an episode uh, one last episode but the files got corrupted and my computer burnt to the ground so um yeah that uh, (laughs) it might as well have it might as well Uh, (laughs) but i will let you guys know that i am working on another project uh i'm not going to talk too much about it right now but i'm excited for when it does get released and i'll let you guys know when it does happen um but on that note Sev, why don't you, this this is why I said this is going to be interesting. Sev, why don't you tell us a little bit about your tabletop history? Okay, so my entire history of playing any tabletop RPG, any anything to do with anything on tables, um, in terms of games, has been a singular session of a one-shot for D&D 5e. And then... A crash course in DCC RPG with Scott, who ran me through the first uh, beginning dungeon in the Kickstarter rulebook that he has. And then I immediately, three days later, went ahead and two of my coworkers were interested. So I ended up doing exactly what he did for me and I DM'd for. It was four hours it took for me to kill three out of four of their <laughs> characters <laughs> a piece because they were absolute goofballs with it. But yeah, that's that my experience um, is none. <laughs> honestly, though, it, that you pretty much like jumped from like the kiddie pool into the ocean very, very <laughs> quickly. <laughs> At that's why I was like, this is going to be very, very interesting with it. So before we get on to the DCC part, which everyone knows is probably one of my favorite games, um, let's start with the 5e. How did you find playing before, you know, before you got introduced to uh, DCC? How did you find playing the one shot of 5e? What did you think of it? Um, so the big... The big glaring issues, and I'm not even going to call them issues, really. The big things that I have, um, I guess, annoyances with for 5e. um, It seems like, especially to new players and even intermediate players, it seems like it would take quite a long time to, you know, turn turn sessions into what people expect their first sessions to be, which are things you find on YouTube or streaming platforms like Critical Role, for example. Mm -hmm. They're all masters of the game, and they've done it for decades. People need to think that that's... People need to realize that's not going to be their first experience. I was that one who thought that was going to be my first experience. No, I was sitting there. I made my character. It was overly complicated in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) i had to put points in places and how much gear do i have oh that weighs too much shit i can't have that okay um i continually found myself going um i don't know what to do (laughs) (laughs) and that was before we even started and then we've actually started it was a um so for reference it was a fallout 3 5e homebrew one-shot thing and it it just turned into a mess of i think every single we had a tpk um from a uh radiated death claw and (laughs) 
four, I think just four regular ghouls. Just four of the most basic, like what you would, what you expect to be a level one enemy, like a goblin. Oh, jeez! And it it was enjoyable for the experience, but the actual session and that homebrew world was just <laughs> just bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you, do you think uh, in that case it was more just um, it was more to do with the homebrew than the system itself, or was it just uh, the system not necessarily optimized for that style of play? It, I, I do believe, it was a mixture of both. Um, there yeah. were some parts of the system that I just did not. I'm not gonna say didn't agree with. Just parts that confused me of why, for example, putting in 5e, putting one level into this um, class and then putting another level into this class, so that way you could do all these weird, extra complicated things like having a bugbear that can fly and also like throw spears or something. It seems like too much for new players it seems like it's a very very high skill ceiling mm-hmm. and i just i just don't like it oh no no that, that's definitely fair it's act it's, it's kind of funny that you say that because it, it sits in a weird level for me where once you learn the game i find there's not enough to really dig your teeth into but for new players, like I, I kind of get why a lot of people don't want to switch systems because it's not, it's honestly not necessarily the most friendly first system that you can play in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's very much as you were saying earlier, going from the kiddie pool to the ocean. Yeah. For the new players playing. 5e, especially for me being a homebrew as my first time, <laughs> it, was, it was very much straight into the ocean, and now I'm swimming. <laughs> <laughs> well, then afterwards, he played direct, well, you switched over to DCC, which I'm going to say it has a little bit of advantage, because I've played with Scott a lot, and he is an amazing GM. Absolutely. Uh, but what was... From a, let's right now cut off the the setting because they are two very different settings, especially if you're playing a uh, Fallout uh, style setting. But yeah, mechanic yeah. wise, how how was the variation between the DCC one and the um, and the Five E game? Like, how did you find it learning the new game? Learning the new game, the new game being DCC. Yeah. Well, I was also, I was, for the first time when I did that one shot in 5e, I was probably 17. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long time since I've been able to even play. You know, I've tried to find online groups, different places, even my local nerd shops. Yeah. It just has never lined up with schedules or or anything of the sort really yeah. and the oh, the biggest thing that i can remember for the 5e one shot was it was to me looking back on it it seemed like the dungeon master was trying to be lenient and have us you know help us learn a little bit about the basic mechanics, how roles work, what you have to do, saves. Yeah. What happens when you get an at one? <laughs> what happens when you get a when you get a twenty, when you get crits? Um and quite honestly, it seemed more repetitive mm-hmm. than DCC because DCC it actually makes you think more. You're not so much focused on building up the character yep. in a sense of like 
putting points into certain attributes, skills, and all that goodness. And it is just more, you're more focused on the game world. You're more focused on what you're doing instead of how you're going to do it. And then, you know, you get into combat and different phases. And then that's when you can worry about, you know, like your armor class, your health. Oh, what what spells do I have? How, how much yeah. how much damage does this weapon do? So stuff like that. I definitely enjoy DCC far more than Five E. That that's actually really interesting. So, in a in a way, would you say almost like with the DCC, the narrative came first, while with Five E, it seemed like the mechanics had to come first. That's, you know, that is, that is basically, that is how it feels. That is definitely how it feels. Because D- DCC, you know, I, um, Scott actually gave me his copy of the, of the rule book while he is, while he is gone and oh, looking through it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> give, me the, <laughs> give me a big, big old bag of purple dice with it too. Knowing that purple is my color. Oh, and dope. Just, I'm just looking at it, and this looks like more love went into it than 5e. And that could be from any number of things, and I think it's because these are not... You know, this, isn't, this isn't a big corporation like <laughs> Wizards, of <the laughs> Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> um, I, I definitely feel more of... DCC. I don't. I don't feel disconnected like I did when I played when I played Five E. Mm-hmm. Be that the age difference of being almost ten years ago now, God, um, or just having a a whole rule book to sit here and read <laughs> actively <laughs> while while we're talking, looking through for references like uh, cleric spells. Um, I was going through. That's the last. Part of the book that I was on was um, uh, summoning a familiar. I was almost, I'm almost done reading throughout the entirety of the book. Yeah, because I definitely need to do that before my next session with um, my two unfortunate players who <laughs> suffered so terribly. <laughs> it wasn't even from my design of how I wanted this first <laughs> dungeon to go for them. It's just yeah. they made stupid decisions and I reacted off of their decisions. I played off of them, you know, as as a dungeon master should. Well, the one thing, like, because I think you kind of nailed it on the head there where you're saying, like, you know, uh, DCC was kind of made with love and I, I know people will say, well, you know, people love doing like 5e and everything like that but when it comes to creating like you can tell when there is a lot of hands touching the same product working on the same product while dcc definitely had you know multiple hands it had a lot less people working towards a final goal and i think when this might be my only my perspective on this but when you have a lot of people working on something you're not able to put in the game's personality you have to write it in a way that melds with everyone else's decisions and you can't you can't ever really put in a personality into that aspect well dcc it's 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 just beaming with personality it it feels like a game like you said that was made with love and that they really just wanted to make something that they truly enjoyed so i i find it very interesting that you came to the same same conclusion i it definitely when I love something and you know have a passion for it or be it a hobby or you know any anything of that matter, I definitely do try and think a lot of lack of better word, I do a lot of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make sure that you know I could be open, I could even just be opening open to new ideas. Um Definitely, I am currently in one Discord. Um, actually, one, two, three, four, 
five five different um D and D focused discords, and of course, I am in the Dungeon Crawlers classic. I am in the DCC Discord itself. Yeah. Um, I man, I just I love it. I love it. <laughs> the, the by the end of the first uh by the end of the first little crash course that Scott gave me, I just beaming with excitement of oh my god, this is how this works. I can actually, you know, I get to fudge rolls now. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can, I am the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited and so full of, I can finally get into this hobby fully that I've been wanting to and I've been watching from the sidelines since mm. I've done that 5e one shot when I was 17 or something that was yeah, no, that, that's amazing. So I'm now curious. Let's move on from the like from the transition from 5e to uh, DCC. So when you first played it, like, is I, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, but how when you started playing it, how did you almost like? Because this was not too long ago for this one. How was your reaction when the game started playing by, until the end? Like, how did it exactly go for you? Yeah, so my story, let me very quickly move everything out the way. All these coins I got for the next time I do a <laughs> DM session. And yes, for anyone who heard a couple jingling, it's because he got some coins for his game. He's gone full bore into it. <laughs> I am I am here. You hear it. I'm I'm in it. I actually invested money into my players because I love them both and they're goofy and it's fantastic. Shout out to them for actually being my guinea pigs. <laughs> Where is it? Ah, here it is. The portal under the stars. That was the level zero to level one DCC RPG adventure by Joseph Goodman. This was the one that Scott brought me through. I made my four characters. I could not. I oh, actually, do I do have them right here? <laughs> Let me <laughs> pull notes out. I do have them. I had four characters. I ended up with a. The only one that survived was a halfling haberdasher. Picked up a couple of, picked up a good luck charm. Halflings are good with dual wielding and stealth for DCC. So I picked up uh, a mace. I got some scale mail. Mm -hmm. um, it says here, <laughs> I completely forgot I put this in my notes. Scott said there's a couple of the bronze, a bronze rod, a, um, a brazier. Um, in the final room of the dungeon was like a dead wizard who had a seeing eye ball sitting on his dead corpse. And I, in my notes, I just put Palantir <laughs> as, as a reference to the Lord of the Rings because it's basically what it is. It's a seeing eyeball with evil inside of it. Um, so yeah, he started it off. He... Did he read out the whole introduction? He gave the background of the actual dungeon itself. Um, we I made my characters. We get to the first hallway, and it was almost you know, you know, this hallway has nothing in it at all. It says you come to a 20 foot long hallway that's five feet in width. What do you do? And at that moment, it was. Oh shit! I actually have to. I actually have to think about this. Uh, I had that little bit of. I didn't. I don't know what to do. Moment, like I did with the five E, but that immediately went away as soon as I took a step back and I looked at. You know, I looked at what my character had on them, what my characters at the time <laughs> before they yeah. all fucking died. <laughs> I, looked, I looked at what they had on them at the time, and you know, I did. I did the goof. Um, uh, my wizard's apprentice had a mirror on him, and I told Scott, you know, I'm going to slide the mirror across the floor and see if it, like, clinks off of anything, sets up a trap, uh, and see if I can make it all the way to the door. 
roll for I think we did an agility roll. I needed a twelve or less. I'm getting a yep. six or something. Slides across the floor, nothing happens. Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> um ended up just having whatever character I thought was most expendable go up to the door and because I had an elf I think a logger, a logging, a logging elf, a wood elf. Funny because he's supposed to like the forest, not chop it down. Um, <laughs> I had him go up to the door, and I had Scott describe me the door. Well, you know what? What do I see in front of me? It's a door with big iron hinges and a frame and a slot that looks like it could fit a key into, and. I did a little bit of research, like for for an hour for an hour or two before we started, and I knew that elves had a um an issue with was it uh cold iron? Yep, I do believe. So I told him I'm gonna I'm gonna have my elf, you know, lightly run their hands over the door to see if it's it's cold iron, just in case you know there's any other magical properties with it. Um, it burned a little bit. It was not pure cold iron. It was not something that would detrimentally hurt my elven character. Brought up that apprentice. That brought up that uh, wizard apprentice again. And after a little bit of poking and prodding, I just had him push the door and making a strength, making a strength. Ooh, pardon me, making a strength throw. Door falls inward into the next room without even opening up <laughs> and as it falls down this little five six pointed star symbol starts to glow from the edges come in and it flashes a bright light and that was my first trap that i ran into <laughs> the searing eye trap i do believe is what it is please represent before somebody goes i'm actually <laughs> i'm um, actually um, actually, that was the um, entrance to the Guardian Hall. The trap is a shearing light trap. <laughs> 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 and he finally said, roll for damage. I'm like, oh shit. All right. Who's going to die? Because, you know, I got, unfortunately, I got lucky. All four of my characters, I do believe, had 10 AC and 1 HP. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Wizard's Apprentice did not pass his check. He was close, also closest to the door. He ended up, um, Scott said his eyes just melted off of his face, and I described it along with him as, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, wax sculptures, his face is just slowly yeah. sliding off of him until there was nothing but bone and collapses on the floor. Stuff like that. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a completely different feel from anything that I've even seen with 5e. And, yeah. I, know, and I know there's a lot of incredible shows out there. But it just doesn't... It didn't feel... It didn't feel the same, and yes, I know the difference between you know being a part of it versus mm. watching it. But it just it just hits different. If that makes any sense. No, so so would you say that you almost kind of because you've mentioned a few times the actual plays and the people playing like crit roll and all that. Would you say that you had a little? It may not have been you know as to that level, but did you have a little bit more of the experience you were expecting? From 5e with D, like from the get go as DCC? Um, no, um, I didn't really expect it to be anything or not anything, I didn't really expect it to be super similar. Yeah, be because Scott straight up told me before we started, he read the he read the back of the book to me. No, <laughs> you are no hero, you yeah. are an adventurer. A reaver, cut purse, heathen, slayer, yeah. tight-lipped warlock guarding long dead secrets. You seek gold and glory, winning it with sword and spell. Caked in the blood and filth of the weak, the dark, the demons, and the vanquished. There are treasures to be won deep underneath. And you shall have them. But that, but that 
that very beginning when he looked at me in the face and said, you're no hero, set the tone. And that's what the, the game tone. is going to be. Mm -hmm. And that's the tone I'm trying to keep it with my players. It's just you do not get attached to anything. Physical possessions don't matter. Your characters, <laughs> are, your characters are weak as shit. Focus on them. Doesn't matter if they come out with just a pitchfork. It'll be fine. <laughs> Please. <laughs> don't do something stupid like try and climb the Guardian statue and... Oh my god. I think everything's just going to be okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had one of my players decided to climb the 30-foot tall Guardian statue with uh, the blinding white hot fire coming out of his finger as he follows each of the characters around the room. And they failed not only their agility check, but also their, you know, it was it was his last character. Oh. So I gave him I gave him a saving I gave him a saving throw, um, for it. Um, he failed his agility. <laughs> his character slips, falls, and lands Bane style on the base of the statue, and his spine is cracked in half. Oh my god. And I gave him a saving throw to see if his character just survives. <laughs> no. No. It's turned into even more. He, he I gave him a D20, you know, I gave him a classic roll. He uh, he welcome to the rice fields, motherfucker. He rolled a nat one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the statue I had its arm crack like how you know, so if somebody had their arm encased in concrete yeah. by their face, like scratching their eyeball or something, and it cracked out like you're breaking out of a cast, just yeah. to point his finger down at his character, who's like dying actively on the ground with a broken spine in agony, and just bloop him out of existence with a little bit of fire, then his arm repairs and goes back out to pointing the other player. <laughs> he said, What the fuck, man? Why did you do that? I said I didn't do it. <laughs> you rolled it. <laughs> so, so th this is getting on to a very fun topic. But um, what what did like your your two players? Did they have any experience in tabletop with five E or anything before this? No, they had not even watched anything. This was oh, this was I was at at one of my coworkers' houses. Her and her daughter and another one of my coworkers. Or well, her mother didn't want to play, but they were interested. You know, teenagers, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna smoke weed and be like, Yeah, I'll try it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's <laughs> I said, All right. I need both of you to get pen and paper, preferably pencil. Um, and a drink because we're going to be here for a minute. I need you to hydrate. Because yeah, my our first, like I said, it was about four, three, four hours yeah. for me to kill for me to kill six of their eight characters. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> they were just, like I said earlier, they were just being goofballs about it. I get, I get, I get being high or whatever, but they were just extra goofballs with the the things they wanted to do versus how <laughs> how oh, I kept hinting at them, them. <laughs> yeah how I kept hinting at them hmm you see you see that there are three doors and there are scorch marks surrounding just the perimeter of each of these doors where a human where a person could stand you don't see anything else you don't see any dead bodies no no nothing no armor no weapons nothing just Scorch, and then there's a slight stench of. I think I described it as crispy <laughs> <laughs> in the air. The air was crisp, and it smelled of burnt. And they didn't connect that the statue that was pointing at them could probably have a flamethrower in his finger, <laughs> or something along those lines. I. Eventually ended up having a hint at one of my players. They had a halfling, they had a halfling glove maker with a intelligence. They rolled max intelligence for the. I used the. Scott told me about the um the website where you can just roll and just pre-gen roll a uh, du dungeon crawler classic um 
four characters for essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Purple, purple sorcerer games. Yeah, the zero, zero party and tourney generator stuff like that. Yeah, and I informed her that her halfling has infravision. She, you know, she can see heat. Can he mm-hmm. see heat signatures? I it finally hinted at her, and she finally got it. And she she passed the she passed the little intelligence roll because of course she's going to. She needs a eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one or less out of a thirty-four die or the thirty-five die to get it. Of course she got it. Um, and she saw that statue. The statue is having heat radiate from the base of it all the way up and concentrating out on his finger, the one that's currently pointing directly at her. Yep. And then they finally got it, and then they went through the whole debacle of one one character was foolish enough, or they were foolish enough to <laughs> have a character just wave his hand over where the scorch marks were, and immediately that hand was just evaporated kind of stuff. And then they had the debacle of do we all try and go to different doors at once and split up, or do we all just want to <laughs> bum rush one door? And this took them, I shit you now, this took them probably 25 minutes to decide. Just 25 whole minutes to just go, fuck it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, after going back and forth, uh, yeah, we'll all we'll split up. We'll all go to the different rooms. All right. Just smile. Oh, no, they split the party. <laughs> yeah, they split the party. I said, oh, all right. God. So what I did was because because they did that they sinned and split the party. So what I did was <laughs> I took out the D thirty five and I just kind of started bouncing it like this on the table and just giving them all the anxiety I could. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah, it, it's funny how uh, just like you rolling it like I've done this before. Like in my current game, I don't have to roll dice, which kind of feels sad for these moments. Oh. But just that moment where it's just like you see the GM just roll the dice a little bit, and then he looks at the numbers and he rolls again, and they're uh-huh. just like, "Oh I, shit! Oh no! I oh no!" That. I did that because Scott did that to me. <laughs> oh my, and it, it's hilarious. And I've actually uh, I played with someone who did that. But when we're like, "Well, what was with the dice rolling?" He's like, "Well, you remember how ten minutes later." Uh, I said, I'm going to order from XYZ. Does anyone want any food? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I wrote out a table to figure out where, where I wanted to order food from. And that then when is, I was I gonna, love that. Yeah, I know. And I was just like, oh, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. We all got so in, like anxiety ridden from it. Oh, which, they, oh. they did not like that because I, um, I also am a very big player of Magic the Gathering. Um, so I got uh, mini six-sided dice uh, for counters and stuff, and I got <laughs> what a three a three by three grid that goes down by four. So I had a lot of them, and I just took them out, held them in my hands, and I just kind of shook them all and rolled all of these dice at the same time. Oh my god! And they just started freaking the fuck out, and I just started picking out what was uh, everything that was not a six. Sort of picking all that out, picking it out, picking it out. There were like four, four sixes in there, and they said, "What was that for?" I'm like, "Oh, nothing." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just rolled it for fun to see how their reaction would be. Oh, you're just like <laughs> mentally just trying to screw with them. I love, yes, it. I love um, it. Try to make sure that they're uh, paying attention because you never know when a character is going to die in the first dungeon. <laughs> so what that's awesome so once you actually finished your session or your level zero campaign i out of curiosity since your players just like this was your first time gm and your third mm-hmm. time playing technically your players brand spanking new what mm-hmm. was their reaction to the game like how did they did they what did they think of it after it was all said and done I, 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 afterwards, you know, we got, we ate pizza and, you know, classic, classic nerd basement style. We ate pizza afterwards. Um, we sat down and I asked them for, you know, their full opinions on it. Like, how do you, how do you think I did? Um, what, what, yeah, all the feedback that I could get from them. And they both said that they really enjoyed it and that it would, they really thought it was funny how, 
easily characters can just perish in a matter of a moment. And they really liked they really liked how I because um, I let them look at the dungeon and read a little bit of the descriptions for each of the areas. Because you know, this is just the introduction. This is not a serious thing. Yeah, um, you're trying to get them introduced. Yeah, and I had them do that. And, you know, they they sat there for a while, both reading that, and then after that, I took about three fourths of every room in every dungeon. You know, besides you know the traps. And enemies in there, and I just fucking flipped it on its head and didn't do any of that. So what they <laughs> knew was not there. So oh that way they also had that sense of what the fuck. I thought happen? I thought I knew it. Oh shit! I thought I knew. <laughs> what do I do now? To encourage them to critically think more. That is actually. I've never actually thought of that idea. That's actually a really interesting <laughs> idea because it gives them an idea of what everything can happen. And then when you flip it upside down and say, yeah, none of that, what you write is going to happen. It makes them like analyze that. That's actually very, yeah. that's a plot twist. <laughs> that's a good, that honestly for any new GMs, that's actually a really interesting tip for anyone who has a completely new characters or new, like who's new to the hobby. That's, really fun yeah like you could even you could even have them come across part of their adventure an ancient map or something like that and they follow it to a t and it turns out all the information on that map is fucking wrong <laughs> it's all old. that's like the original blueprints before all yeah. the modifications to the building that was that was uh the original copy and it's uh been new king james uh 17 times uh dungeon's a little different now sorry <laughs> yeah. oh man i but i paid like five gold for that yep 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 and all the information <laughs> used to be great <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> oh that's so, that honestly sounds so fun so they all want to play again like the yes one? yeah they all want to play again and there's one more that they encourage to come with them so i'm building a, i'm building a little bit of a party now <laughs> oh that's awesome i i'm so I'm so happy for you for that. Like it's so fun <laughs> to get new people into the hot into the hobby, and it's just it's always a great time. Yes, yes. And now that I have these coins that I'm gonna give them for their characters, like I I don't know if I need to order more. Let me very quickly <laughs> look at this. Okay, starting funds like 39 CP. Okay, I'll 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 just because I have an even number, I have sixty of the coins total for for that, I'll probably just end up uh going by five. So one copper piece that they physically have counts for five in game, stuff like that. And then the gold, and as it goes up to like platinum, those will be those will count as one. Yeah. Like five five copper, five plat uh five uh silver, then gold is of course just gonna be one one to one and then platinum is itself because i only got five of the platinum pieces and once i i can't wait i already have planned for when my when the first character gets his hand on a platinum piece it's gonna and <laughs> i know there's a lot of people who are gonna hate me for doing this um i'm going to treat the first Platinum piece that they find like Meridius Beacon in Skyrim. Meridius Beacon. Um, for for reference, I might trigger some people here. A new hand touches the beacon. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have my first platinum piece that they find, or you know, even just trade or get from selling stuff. It's gonna be tied to um the chaos god of amphibians beals a buffalo for frog or whatever i can't say his name beal beals above beals above beals above uh frog. yeah it's some long name that has frog in it like beals above beals above something like that <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna be tied to that because one of the players in the first dungeon came across the ancient snake in one of the rooms and was actually rolled really well and was able to cut its head off in two swings. Oh shit. With a long sword. Yeah. It was actually pretty incredible. And he picked up the horn of the snake and that was used to communicate with demons and 
he gave the horn to the halfling glove maker who just so happened to have 18 intelligence plus three modifier absolutely insane and they just used it to summon somebody to help them anybody that did not care because they were in the room with the one clay warlord the five clay generals and the 70 clay army and they were freaking out they were on their last their last little leg <laughs> one of them was so badly hurt cared by the other this was down to where it was just each of them having the one character now these were their last characters if they yeah. fuck this up we're starting this over i told them that <laughs> I, I told them not to fuck with them but i'm not actually gonna like i didn't actually have us start whole over because you know i'll i, I fudged i fudged yeah sue me <laughs> fudged a oh. couple of roles because yeah. they really like these characters and they got they got they got immediately invested into their characters they both gave them actual like full names and like little backstories yeah while we were going through the first dungeon to where they didn't even know if they were gonna survive <laughs> that honestly that that's pretty nice and like i know a lot of people are like against fudging but i think especially with a new table new people into the hobby it's almost nice to kind of do that to a little extent but i will say don't continue with that. If they do stupid oh, no. shit, let them know. Oh, no. no. No, 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 That's not going to happen again. It was just so that way they could get out of this first dungeon with their characters. Yeah. We're going to go into the second dungeon, which is Yggdrasil's maze, and they are getting no second chances. If they die, they're just going to have to create a new character. <laughs> oh, that's well. beautiful. And it, that they'll, they'll, nice. think, they'll think it's going to be such a long process, and I'm going to turn my computer screen around i'm gonna click here i'm gonna do i'm gonna do one two three clicks <laughs> and there, <laughs> there elven navigator rice farmer coster monger and a wainwright all right i'm gonna have them roll a, a d4 or you know i'll have them like i'll have them roll a couple of d4s and then whatever number they land on the most will be the one that i get to choose that they have like oh, oh so you're even gonna randomly generate their new mm -hmm. character Yep. That'll that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yep. I I'm looking I'm looking here and I know one of my players would love to be this rice farmer because every single stat is above fifteen. <laughs> what a fucking roll. <laughs> Holy shit, I'm gonna very quickly I'm gonna save that to uh, my personal drive. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, that's uh, pretty awesome. So it sounds like you're going to play again. Out of curiosity, have you been looking, because in this hobby, especially once you get past the 5e, you tend to start looking at all different manners of games. Are you looking at any other ones? Um, I, I thought about that, and I approached the... I approached it as I want to be able to... I'm not saying ma I'm not going to say master DCC RPG. Yeah. Even though that would be funny because I would be a dungeon master then, but um I am definitely going to not try and go through a lot of other games at the moment. I yeah. am absolutely so much in love with DCC. You're smitten. I'm 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 smitten with this. I'm smitten with this. So I'm definitely going to be getting super comfortable for the long haul of being able to go through DCC and not only be a better DM, but just be a, be a better player. That, that sounds fantastic. I, I will say if you want a fun read, check out it's, it's the same system and everything like that, but muting crawl classic. Muting. Mutant. Like mutant. mutant. Like, uh, yeah. Mutant crawl classic essentially. And like if people say, would you rather play DCC or MCC? Just from my own personal preferences, I would rather do MCC because I prefer sci-fi opposed to uh, fantasy. Oh, it but... is sci-fi. Oh shit. Okay, so here here's a quick rundown just to kind of get you a little excited. Imagine way, way, way into the future after the uh, I'm going to say apocalypse already ha came and went and already is forgotten. Uh, you are playing as people who it's almost like a stone age society where you're all kind of tribal and all that stuff, except instead of spells and everything like that, you have 
mutants God. where all the mutant powers are randomly generated like randomly built oh up oh my god and uh you can use super weapons magic all the gods are replaced with hyper intelligent ais that are still functioning oh <laughs> and like literally it, it is that sounds to, amazing <laughs> it, i'm glad so glad you said that because a lot of people prefer dcc but mcc to me is probably the pinnacle. I don't know if you're a video game person at all. <laughs> I think you are to a little bit extent. But um, if you're into any of like the classic roguelike style games, it to me it it looks like uh, Caves of Cud. If you've ever heard of that one, I have heard of Caves of Cud. The first yeah. thing that I thought of when you described this was a post post apocalypse. It's already come and gone. Yeah. There's a there's one game I, I know it's gotten a pretty big following now. It's called Kenshi. That is I know Kenshi. I know Kenshi. The gold the golden age of humanity rose and then fell and then yeah. rose again and then fell again and now we're in that. Thousand two thousand years after the second golden age of humanity rose and fell. Yeah. Just oh such a good game. Well, Cause there's there's like the classical like archetypes, I guess you can call it. Like there's the fighter, warrior, whatever you want to call it. There's yeah, like the, the Shek, defender. Yeah. The def there's the defender. These are all humans in MCC. Uh there's like the medic, oh, which yeah. uses like ancient uh healing stuff that to them is like magic. But then you have the mutants where they're uh like the humans are like pure strain humans who have somehow become resistant to mutation. While the mutants, there's ones where like that evolved or mutated from animals so now they're like half animal half human yeah there's... i'm looking here at, there's on even on the cover there's a uh, god forbid fucking cockroach carrying a club yeah there's like <laughs> there there's tr there's plants that have mutated to the point of sentience uh mm. i'm forgetting one other one but it's like there's mental mutations and then there's physical mutations uh some of the mutations are also permanent and some of them are like temporary, like you know, you can do where, where almost kind of like a spell-like type style thing. Um, but the fun thing about it is the mutations could either be turn out to be really good, or they could be absolutely horrible where they hinder your character. Like you could have a lopsided body where half your body is gigant, is huge, and your other half is like stunted. So you have like a little wobbly leg and this big muscular leg on top of it. <laughs> or you could be like telepathic and be able to teleport. And like there's just so many different variations. And because you don't really get to choose what you get, you just get what happens. You could end up with some really ridiculous ones. But then there's the humans who are like clerics or whatever, the ones who are who kind of function with AIs and they just have the most unique kind of abilities because these AIs are still functioning, but they're not fully functioning. And so you worship them like you would anything else. And they do these crazy effects. And it, it, I, I think, I think it, it's a little bit more, I'm, I'm going to say a little bit more slapsticky by, you can tell from the theme, mm -hmm. but it still has that same deadly feel of DCC. I, absolutely love it i uh, uh as as you were talking i've already ordered the physical copy of mutant crawl classics <laughs> and the best thing is they even tell you how to how to mix in how to mix in dcc to mcc or mcc into dcc oh uh, yes yeah so even better now <laughs> even better uh they will tell you to actually hinder because the mcc is you're a little bit more powerful but they tell you how to kind of like tone it down a bit Gotcha. I, 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 God, it just. <laughs> I'm glad. Just like so I'm much glad. fun. <laughs> oh, you'll love it. I've honestly read it like two or three times just because it's so enjoyable. And even just reading the different effects that your mutations can have because it works the same way as spells, where it's like, you know, you roll 12, you get this. If you roll 18, 20, blah, blah, blah. This is what your mutant has for those abilities. I've, I've read through all those and I'm like, this just sounds like the most amusing game on the planet yeah and i noticing here from goodman games that um noticing that along with dcc rpg you know the rule books and mutant crawler classic there's also ba essentially dlcs of different 
extra adventures like Mutant Crawler Classics, and then there's Mutant Crawler Classics into the Glowing Depths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the the mayhem and um, supplements uh, or adventure, like yeah, adventure books, and they actually um. Just because I'm going to try and release this for tomorrow, aka 0717, they actually have a Kickstarter right now for a new game, which I'm trying to remember the name, X Dungeon or something. I'll have to look it up. But um, it takes the whole idea of a dungeon and fantasy and turns it into more of almost like a sport sporting event, where oh, arena it's all time. being. Yeah, where it's all kind of like being, except like these are all dungeons that are being somehow broadcast to millions of homes across oh, no. the nation. It, and so like you can have like fan bases and you can have all that kind of jazz that kind of helps you play. So um, what you're telling me is this is a modified, better version of Hunger Games. <laughs> but I mean, but, yeah, actually, <laughs> that's it. I, I well, I know it's X. X something and it almost sounds like they're trying to do like the X sports things except like you know or like like the Red Bull kind of contest because yeah in the like the pictures you they're even in like go-kart type things and so you can oh, almost shit. do um what's that anime Dead Man's Wonderland it's called um, where it's like they're all in the prison and they're like on a game show let me uh yeah yes yeah, yeah. I'm kind of yeah, and it kind of reminds me of that, to be honest. And I'm just kind of like, it it could be a lot of fun. And especially if you put it into a setting somewhat like that. No, I agree. I agree. This this looks like... I'm not going to lie, I was on the fence of it. But now that I'm talking to you, I might actually do the Kickstarter. I, hey, anybody else who's listening, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> X-Crawl Classics. X-Crawl Classics. Yes, do it. Yeah, and it's gonna... definitely gone way past their uh, pledge total. That's I I love seeing that happen. To they're they asking for put extra time. They're asking for 10k US, and they're at 191k US. 191k US. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, yeah. That is incredible. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. Yeah, it's going to be so cool. Um, I'm definitely excited for it. But uh, on that note, I think we're just about hitting our time period right now. Um, but yeah, Sev, this was honestly such a fun conversation. I hope you had I fun. I agree. I agree. This is absolutely beautiful. I cannot uh, wait to be on the next one. <laughs> we Yeah, and we might have to try and get you in on a couple. Uh, well, well, maybe because we have our own little game table now that uh, Scott's gone. So we had to create something new. It might be fun if you, you wanted to try and join for random games. Absolutely. I am. I am hundred percent down. <laughs> but, uh, on that note, folks, uh, I think that's all the time we had for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed yourselves. I know I had fun and it sounds like Sev, Sev had fun too. And welcome sure. to the hobby and welcome to the biggest time sink of your life that you, uh, you'll never re regret. <laughs> and on that, yeah. And on that note, have a good day. Bye-bye, everyone.